Brazil Reimagined, a Euradio podcast about Brazil's changing territorial, environmental, and agricultural policies. With the voice of those who are working to reconstruct, reimagine, and redivide. From urban to rural, in the Amazon and beyond. Brazil builds a new capital. New York Times, November 10, 1957. A recurrent Brazilian dream, as old as this vast nation's independence, is rushing feverishly toward reality on a remote plateau where brooks and rivulets spring at almost every step in the shade of cedar trees. A year ago, Brasilia was nothing but an idea and a name on the maps of the state of Goiás, just below the 15th parallel. Today, it's a teeming construction site where thousands of men and hundreds of machines working through the hot days and into the cool nights, are carving the future city's avenues out of the tangled underbrush and the red soil beneath it. The capital of hope. That's how Brasilia was perceived and it was given shape in the 1950s. Emerged from the ground in five years, the capital was hailed as a monitor's miracle and a symbol of modernity in the wildness. For designers, politicians, workmen and citizens, it became a place of dreams, of change, of new times, but also of disillusion. For this last episode of Brazil Reimagined, I thought back of this place where I started my journey. Because also for me, Brasilia was a place of hopes and dreams. It was the beginning of a new adventure, my introduction in a new language, cultures and structures, yet not without the sustenance of old connections. It was also the place where I did my first interviews with people who talked to me about how to reimagine a place, here through art and poetry. Interviews which also helped me to better understand this extremely structured but at the same time somewhat bizarre city where I initially still find myself a bit lost. To get a good grasp of current dynamics, I first delved into the history of the place. At SQN 406, I met Claudia Garcia, professor at the Department of Architecture and Urban Studies at the University of Brasilia. Often, in order to understand contemporary society, we need to go back, to understand current processes. The best way to predict the future is to look back. So we need to know the history, know the origins, in order to understand the present. Professor Garcia is amongst others specialized in the design of Brasilia and behavior in public space. She explained to me with what intentions Lucia Costa, Brasilia's urban planner, and Oscar Niemeyer, its renowned architect, designed the city back in the 1950s. Brasilia was a public contest, and Lucia Costa's project was selected as the winning project. How come that this city is so peculiar, so different, that it was shaped by this design that people recognize as an airplane, the shape of an airplane, and the pilot plan, o plano piloto. It's very much inspired by the modern movement, by modernist city planning. Brasilia seeks to fit within this movement. In the original spirit of Lucio Costa's design, all people, 
of different social strata could live here together. So, for example, we're here in block 400. He made affordable buildings without elevators, with stairs, because he imagined that people with lower purchasing power could be accommodated in this space. When Lucio Costa thought of the city, when he talked about the airplane and the pilot plan, he wanted to make a monumental city. And when he talked about this monumental spirit, he thought of designing a city for the people. Claudia Garcia explained to me that this egalitarian spirit of the city is reflected in its superstructure design. Airplane-shaped Brasilia, o plano piloto, is precisely and equally divided in north, south, east and west by two main eixos, or highways. The north and south wing are both divided in an exact same number of superblocks, superquadras. All residential blocks are aligned horizontally and vertically, with a maximum height of around 20 meters and an almost identical appearance. The political headquarters, including all ministries, are centered between the north and the south wing in what can be seen as the airplane's body. In between the buildings, nature is present everywhere, giving residents the chance to harvest fruit on their way to work. When we drive along the highway, the Eixão, especially when you come from the end of the north wing heading towards the south wing, if you look to your left, you see the horizon. You can connect with the horizon. In other words, the earth meeting the sky. In a city of this size, this is unique. Few cities in the world the size of Brasilia have this ability to connect with nature in such a direct, eminent way. I think it's these urban elements and this civic concept, as conceived by Lucio Costa, that make the city exceptional. That's why it's been recognized as world heritage. But it has a strong, utopian condition in its design. According to the design, Brasilia would be an ideal place to live for all citizens from all parts of Brazil, residing in a modernist city while at the same time being able to connect to nature. That today reality is, however, not quite how Lucia Costa had imagined it, is something that is to many more than evident. Even for me, only shortly after arriving, it was quite clear that the city I walked through was not the city of Lucio Costa's dream. On my way to explore different perspectives, I suddenly came across this beautiful poem of professor, poet and activist Marcos Fabricio López da Selva. I look at myself in the mirror, human shaped by the plan. I have made myself more or less like this, more or less like that. Afro-architect, born after Nehemiah, born of asphalt, I long for clay. I found a poem called Afro Arquitectado in an eponymous outdoor exhibition presented at the metro stop I just exited, Galleria. 
a symbolic place close to the government's headquarters and the National Library. With the presentation of the exhibition here, in the public space, curator Professor Anja Flavia aimed to highlight the contribution of the black community in the construction and consolidation of the city. A story often forgotten emphasized Professor Marcos Fabricio Lopez da Silva, whose poem was elected to open the exhibition. Brasilia, before becoming a city, was a myth. Brasilia is the legend that when all Brazilians would come together in one place, Brazil would finally become modern and experience the excellence of the new world. So there was this idea, this dream, of Brasilia as the promised land for all Brazilians, the land of opportunities. The thing is, Brasilia is Brazil. A city can't isolate itself from the characteristics of that country. So, what does this imply? It implies that Brazil's centuries-old problems are also present in Brasilia. Among them, structural racism. There's a color boundary that separates the airplane-shaped Plana Piloto from the rest. The airplane project is a project for the white population and a space for the well-off. The dream that capital and labor would live together in Brasilia was an illusion. The working class became increasingly forced to live outside the airplane, outside the map. For example, take the cases of Taguatina, Ceilandia. The people who live in these places gave their blood for this city. The Candagos workmen were the first residents, those who came from other regions of Brazil, to build this inclusive Brasilia, where everyone would live together in one place. The project, the plan, was inclusive. But the practice is exclusive. In practice, three-quarters of the city's population was excluded. For the communities fiercely excluded from this intended inclusive project, it is extremely important to reinvent the place, underlined Marcos Fabricio, to make sure they regain visibility in the center of the city that was supposed to be theirs as well. Reimagination through art, stories, and poetry can be a very powerful tool, he told me. A gente, por exemplo, Nicolas Bay escreveu um livro recentemente, é um poeta aqui da cidade. For example, Nicolas Bay, a poet from the city who is well known for his poetic representations of Brasilia, recently published a new book. In this book, he creates a prehistory for Brasilia with characteristics very similar to the Incas, the Aztecas. He reinvents the history of great civilizations that were killed by the Eurocentric colonization process, and he uses this story to understand Brasilia. I mean, Brasilia was also a great civilization that was destroyed by colonization. So this is an example of reimagination that works, as well as this exhibition. How would this place look like if the exhibition wasn't there? 
The wall would probably have been covered by publicity of the state. Afro-Arquitetara, Afro-Architect, is about drawing attention to how our references to blackness are constructing Brasilia. Just like the indigenous people who are being expelled from their lands to build cities for speculative property capital. That's why if we occupy a space, the space we occupy is proof of this Brasilia of dreams that can exist. It is our way of realizing our dreams, by occupying spaces, by occupying spaces that were made for us to dream in. Brasilia is the capital of utopia. Marcos Fabricio not only talked about the occupation of space in the airplane to highlight the presence of groups that were expelled. He also mentioned the importance of imagining the periphery as part of Brasilia, a place that often stays outside of the imagination of Brasilia, even if it is the place where the majority of the population lives. In recent years, more and more activists have set up projects to proudly include the periphery on Brasilia's map. While we have an architecture that dictates our steps, we're working to reverse this, to find our own ways and destinations, our own path. The name of the periphery, a periferia, has as a consequence of a strong social movement now become a name expressed with pride. If you meet someone who calls herself or himself peripheral, they're saying it out of a sense of pride and belonging. For example, many of the people who participated in the exhibition live in the Quebrada, the slums, as the periphery is also referred to. And they are present here in the public space in the airplane. So there is the concrete architectural designs and there is a space under construction. We are reconstructing the place. And this is very important for identifying what the federal district of Brasilia is. There was a highway running through my chest, so big that it cut my soul into L2, into south and north. An avenue stuck in my throat turned into a knot. They, in the airplane, have a city park. We, in the periphery, have three girls. They have the cathedral. We have Santa Lucia. They have Lake Paranoa. We have beautiful waters. Eu sou filha da Maria. I'm Maria's daughter, neither a saint nor a whore. I was born and raised in a paradise they call Val, and I graduated from State University. I wouldn't swap my haven of deep streams and green ferns for those little tesourinho scissors. This Brasilia is not mine. Because I'm not from the airplane, I'm from the periphery. Because I'm not concrete, I'm broken.
One of the artists and activists from the periphery Marcos Fabricio referred me to was Maimei Bastos, whose poem about Brasilia you just heard. Maimei Bastos is a poet, writer, teacher and owner of the cultural space Caracas Bay in Taguatinha. During the interview, she told me about the moment she realized why she wanted to become a cultural activist. There is an interesting story I would like to share of me commuting to the pilot plan, to Plano Piloto, to the North Wing. At that time, the public transport was horrible. Not that it is any better today, but it used to be much worse here in the federal district of Brasilia, you know? And we had a bus company whose buses broke every day. It was horrible. So I remember I was traveling to work and the bus broke down. And then, as I was getting off the bus to get another bus, I heard a lot of workers saying, Man, I'm going to be late. My boss is going to give me a hard time. Man, I'm going to be late and the bakery won't open. Who's going to open the bakery? There were several similar comments from workers that triggered a reflection in my mind. God, all these people who are on this bus with me are going to provide a service that is essential, on which people depend. And without us, other people who live in the center they wouldn't be able to live. They wouldn't be able to exist. Who is going to make the food for the white middle-class woman who lives in the center so that she can have lunch and go back to work? I realized that the center depended on these workers who live in the periphery. I thought, man, it's the center. It's the people who live here who depend on us. Look at that, right? If I'm late too, that's going to have an impact on the lives of many people, on the parents who leave their children at school, because they need to work. I said, God, and I always feel inferior when in fact my work is essential, right? My existence is essential, and that was very striking for me. And from this realization, I already had so much work in mind I wasn't sharing, saving it all the time, work that portrayed this experience but without deconstructing it. It started from this thought that I was inferior. And then, because I had this awakening. Yes, my work has to be centered around making people, young people, children, black people, people from the periphery, feel proud to be who they are and proud of the place they come from instead of ashamed. So since then, all my work has been directed towards this, with this intention. With the idea to empower the periphery and its inhabitants in mind, Maimei Bastos founded the cultural center Caracas Bay in 2021. It was a dream of mine to have a point of culture 
E aí me apareceu um espaço para Guatemala, dream of mine to have a cultural center. And then this opportunity presented itself for space in Taguatinga, which is also a peripheral region of the federal district. This gave rise to the possibility, and I created Caracas Bay, which today is a center for Latin American culture and gastronomy. The aim of the space is to decentralize culture, because there are several cultural spaces in the pilot plan. But here, we have very few, you can count them on one hand. So there is an unequal access to culture, and Caracas comes with the aim of decentralizing culture, strengthening cultural producers, artists from the periphery, entrepreneurs from the slums. It is also a project that comes with the aim of providing training. At first, it was just going to be a cultural center. But now we do all these cultural activities, soirees, slams. We have a space for dialogue, political training. We do workshops. We make food together. It's a multifunctional space for people to get together, to feel good. And everything in Caracas Bay is super accessible. Every corner of Caracas is extremely well thought of. Everything is very clean and organized. Everything is very well looked after. All of this so that people who come from the slums feel that their lives have value. Because I grew up feeling that my life had no value. So Caracas is very well looked after so that people come in and they feel valued. That they feel like, my life is important. I am. This is important and I deserve to have an environment like this that is clean, well looked after with a cool concept and to which I don't have to travel 30 kilometers, 40 kilometers to be in an environment like this. So, it exists with this objective in mind, you know. I have no doubt that this is a project that has positive impact on the lives of all the people who come to the place, right? It has a gigantic impact on people's lives. Because when you come from a background of exclusion and you take part in a project, a job, a space that exists to include you, it has a huge impact, right? On self-esteem, empowerment. With the creation of Caracas Bay, Maime Bastos realized her dream in the capital of dreams, to strengthen access to the rights of culture for people in the periphery, empower the periphery itself, and create a place where people feel valorized and at home. When I thought about it afterwards, the realization of the dreams of Maime Bastos were pretty much related to the dream that Marcos Fabricio shared with me. A dream, he told me, is in fact not that far from realization and the seeds can be planted on a small scale, like in the case of Caracas Bay. I think that what can take Brasilia out of the gray is the green of its environment and the red of its people. I think that my dream, which I admit is very much linked to the power of imagination, is 
is thinking about what we can achieve as a country with more self-esteem. If the self-esteem of Brasilia's population is boosted more, my dream would already be realized. These exchanges with Marcos Fabricio Lopez da Silva, Meimei Bastos and Claudia Garcia marked the beginning of my journey as well as in a certain way the end. The beginning because some of their words and actions inspired me throughout the rest of my travels when I met people who were fighting to bring about change beyond the capital. Dreams to reimagine the place or region which is home to them. Dreams to plant or reforest, to protect nature, to create inclusive spaces to culture, music and art. But in a way, these interviews also mark the end, because where I started this series with the political transition as a moment of hope and a trigger for change, it ended closer to my own beliefs and personal experiences. That change often initially starts on a small scale, where we can look each other in the eyes and only occurs if we deeply believe in it. Once again, I would like to thank everyone I interviewed for this series, for sharing their stories, their perspectives, for helping me to reimagine the places I visited, and also to give me space for new dreams. To the people listening, thank you very much as well. I hope you enjoyed. Sonho, quem nunca teve um sonho? Independente do lugar, eu vou sonhar e guerrear. Conquistar o que os loucos no sufoco quis ganhar. Quem nunca teve um sonho Independente do lugar Eu vou sonhar e guerrear Conquistar o que o fogo No sufoco quis ganhar Sonhando eu fui além Logo me deparei Com várias verdades Por essas verdades chorei O mundo gira, eu sei Humilde vira rei E esse sonho na visão de Deus Realizei sonho Stop.
last episode of Brazil Reimagined, produced for EU Radio. Interviews for this episode were recorded in December 2022. Music included from the beginning to the end was Un Sonho by Nassau Sumbi. Extracts from the band Calango Carreta, recorded in the streets of Brasilia, and Sonho by Nego Bala and Elsa Suarez. The article in the beginning and names of the streets of Brasilia were read by Cynthia Lemes, dubbing by Annie Deal and Parker Deal. Presentation and editing by me, Nadine Vermeulen. Thank you for listening.